Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. Research, reporting, industry analysis, information, and tokenomics. Welcome to Thriller Insights. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world, welcome back to another exciting episode of Thriller Insights. My name is Car Car Gonzalez, and today is July 9th, 2019. And guess what? Bitcoin is over 13K yet again. That's right. And today, what I want to do with Thriller Insights is I want to give you what I'm calling maximum bullish scenario. That's right. We know there are several key factors happening this year. I've mentioned them in multiple podcasts, but never in a one type of focus segment, right? I think the closest I've come to this is our Thriller Insider that we did this past weekend. We're really focused in on what backed and RSX was coming. So what we're going to talk about today at the top of the show is this maximum bullish scenario for Bitcoin. That's right. Now, I'm going to go down this list, and I want you to realize that what we're talking about here is just maximum bullishness. I'm leaving the, I'm worried about it going down, you know, 30, 40% once we reach this threshold. I'm leaving that for another episode. I'm telling you right off the bat, right? Today, we're just talking some maximum bullish scenario for, for Bitcoin here in 2019 and into the future, but mainly in 2019. So first off, I want to talk about backed, right? July 22nd, ladies and gentlemen, is when backed is launching. And I know you're probably tired of hearing this, but it's going to be a testing phase. But most importantly, this is going to be where price discovery comes from here in the near future. Right now, cash markets like Kraken, Coinbase, Bittrex, all these retail exchanges like Gemini, Circle, this is where price discovery comes from. And the most valuable order book in crypto is BitMEX, right? 20 to 30% of daily notational value comes from there. It's the most liquid of all order books in Bitcoin. This is stuff that you already know. Backed, of course, as you know, is going to have their own regulated order book and matching engine, right? They're going to have a custodial service. They're going to have it all. It's going to be an end-to-end regulated product and ICE is behind it. It's going to be bullish. Bullish, 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 if bullish ever gets. July 22nd, testing is launching. That's in like less than, gosh, 12 days, right? Next thing you need to realize is Facebook. So what happened when Facebook went on a, uh, a tear here recently? They announced their Libra blockchain project, set fire to the media news out there, and basically made everybody focus in on Bitcoin, right? Well, David Marcus is set to testify before the Senate Banking Committee on July 16th, which is, if I look at my timer, eh, six days before backed launching. What do you think is going to happen then? Bitcoin will be brought up in that Senate hearing. Bitcoin will be brought up. This will, in turn, have people focus on Bitcoin again. And that's going to happen here in seven days. Two bullish scenarios, right? In this month alone. July 22nd, backed. Facebook, July 16th. 
What else am I looking at? Well, we have something called Litecoin, right? Litecoin is having here on August 6th. That's bullish. A lot of people think that's a, oh, well, car, you know, it, it's good for Litecoin, but how does that affect Bitcoin? Well, what happens when uh, Litecoin starts selling off? Uh, it goes back to Bitcoin. Bullish scenario. Either way, back to Bitcoin. We go from a 62 dominance in coin market cap to a maybe 70, maybe 70. We'll see. August 6th. Still a bullish scenario for Bitcoin. Right after that, you're probably thinking, what well, car? What else is there? That I mean, that sounds pretty good already, right? No, actually, there's a couple more things. VanEck, SolidX, Bitcoin ETF. That's right. August 19th, a decision will be made whether to, you know, prolong it a couple more months or effectively deny it or effectively approve it. Either way, we're going to get a decision on August 19th. Bullish for Bitcoin, right? Bullish scenario for Bitcoin. Possibility right there. And then, of course, you're probably thinking, well, Car, that's that's pretty damn good. You just gave us back. You gave us Litecoin. You gave us a VanX, Solid X, Bitcoin ETF. You gave us Facebook here this month. Uh, what else are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about something called institutional investors. Well, they're, they're hedging, Car. What are you talking about? They're hedging into gold, too, as well. Well, they're going to be hedging into Bitcoin, thanks to Bact, <laughs> thanks to ErisX, thanks to LedgerX. Thanks to these regulated exchanges, this is all good news for a bullish case for Bitcoin. <laughs> That's right. And then finally, you're thinking, oh, well, Car, you just said Facebook this month, July 22nd. You said Eck, August 19th, right? You said Litecoin, August 6th, Bitcoin happening. Wait, wait, what? There's a Bitcoin happening? Yes, there's a Bitcoin happening. It's happening May 19th, 2020. And what happens before Bitcoin happening, Car? Well, price tends to go up pretty high. <laughs> well, how high, Car? How high are you talking about here? If you do the math, Car, can you tell us the math on that? Well, you know what? I'll go ahead and give you the math. So the happening is 300, roughly about 314 days away, right? Inflation rate will be cut to 1.8%, right? That means what Bitcoin's inflation rate is going to be cut down to. Why is that important? It will be lower than central banks' target of 2.2% inflation. Okay, I'll give it to you in plain English. In 2012, when Bitcoin halved, the price was $12.50. In 2016, it was $650, up 50% up 50x over four years. $1250 to $650. Wow, what an increase. If Bitcoin appreciates 50x again, what is that price, Car? Well, in 2020, that price will be $32,000 per Bitcoin. If it does it again for 2024, what is that price, Car? $1.6 million a coin. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on Bitcoin happening. <laughs> so why does this matter, Car? Why are you telling us this bullish Bitcoin scenario? Because I want you to know this is what's happening. This is what's going on. This is what, what to pay attention to. And then there's also this guy named Jim Rogers telling the entire world that the, the crash of our lifetime is coming. Take a listen. One of the things I've always admired about you as an investor is that you don't talk about what should be. You figure out what is going to be, and then you do that. So what is going to be with respect to the stock market? What's going to happen? I learned uh, very early in my investing careers, I better not invest in what I want. I better invest in what's happening in the world. Otherwise, I'll be broke, dead broke. Well, what's going to happen? Is this going to continue? Some stocks in America are turning into a bubble. Uh, the bubble's going to come then it's going to collapse. And you should be very worried. And what will trigger it? Well, it's interesting because these things always start where we're not looking. Uh, 
in 2007, Iceland went broke. And people said, Iceland? Is that a country? They have a market? And then Ireland went broke, and then Bear Stearns went broke, and then, you know, Lehman Brothers went broke. They, they, they spiral like that. Always happens where we're not looking. I don't know, it could be an American pension plan that goes broke, and many of them are broke, as you know. It could be some country we're not watching. It could be all sorts of things. Uh, it could be war, unlikely to be war, but uh, it's going to be something. When you're watching Business Insider and you see, that's so interesting, I didn't know that company could go broke. It goes broke. Send me an email, okay, and then I'll start watching. And how big a crash could we be looking at? It's going to be the worst in your lifetime. Oh, I've had some pretty I, big ones I in know, my lifetime. It's long. Old. It's going to be the biggest in my <laughs> lifetime, and I'm older than you. No, it's going to be serious stuff. It's going to be very... We've had uh, financial problems in America, let's use America, every four to seven years since the beginning of the Republic. Well, it's been over eight since the last one. This is the longest or the second longest in recorded history, so it's coming. And the next time it comes, you know, in 2008, we had a problem because of debt. Henry... The debt, now, that debt was nothing compared to what's happening now. In 2008, the Chinese had a lot of money saved for a rainy day. It started raining, they started spending the money. Now even the Chinese have debt, and the debt is so much higher. The Federal Reserve, the Central Bank in America, the balance sheet is up over five times since 2008. It's gonna be the worst in, your, the worst in my lifetime too. Be worried. I am worried. Good, good. Can the Fed rescue us? Can anybody rescue us? They will try. They will, they will, what's going to happen is they're going to raise interest rates some more. Then when things start going really bad, people are going to call and say, you must save me. This Western civilization is going to collapse. And the Fed, who's made up of bureaucrats and politicians, will say, well, we better do something. And so they will try, but it won't work. And so just yesterday, Deutsche Bank cut 18,000 jobs and a lot of people got laid off. That was serious news, right? Uh, Venezuela is going through their own kind of ec economic meltdown right now. So everything he's saying is starting to happen, unfortunately. This is not a good thing for the entire world, to be honest with you. It's not. It's, it's, it's very sad. Um, I'm worried, personally, right? Um, but in a situation like this, there is going to be this major fall, right? But we'll come out of it, hopefully. And if there's one non-sovereign currency out there that is the hardest currency known to man, in my opinion, it's Bitcoin. And if there's one person that can convince you of all this, it's going to have to come from the words of a Bitcoin OG himself and Trace Mayer. Take a listen. And actually now with things like Bact and uh, Ledger X and Eris Exchange, we have functioning derivative uh, exchanges. I mean, these are CFTC registered and regulated swap execution facilities and derivative contract uh, derivatives clearing organizations so you can bet on those future prices in terms of puts and calls and guess what there's a lot of people that are buying calls at very high strike prices you know 50,000 strike price for December of this year mm -hmm. they paid $78 a contract for 175 contracts mm -hmm. I mean they paid $12,000 for the right to buy Bitcoin at $50,000 in two and a half months 
Like there's a market out there. People are actually like very bullish on this. And on the other side of the coin, there are people that are uh, buying puts yeah. on Bitcoin. So, you know, is the financialization network effect, that six network effect takes root, exponentially reinforces the first network effect to speculation. I think we might see some moderation in the just the sheer volatility of Bitcoin. But because it's strictly limited in amount and everybody loves to chase the rabbit, you know, when it runs, it just runs like crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, and in the meantime, you know, develop your human capital, figure out how to properly secure your Bitcoins, get your banking infrastructure set up, you know, so that you don't have your accounts just shut down out of nowhere. You know, bank, go find crypto friendly banks, bank with them, get them set up, transfer money between them and your exchanges. Like, you know, you really have to develop that human capital. And, you know, the winter, when the price is down, that's when you want to buy and huddle. I mean, that's why I coined the term hodler of last resort. Like you need to get the, the human capital, the philosophical understanding, the ideological understanding to have conviction in your position. And once you, you know, if you become the hodler of last resort of Bitcoin as opposed to dollars or opposed to Apple shares or Tesla shares or whatever, then you actually don't want the Bitcoin price to go up. You want it to go down because then you get to acquire more Satoshis for the same number of other assets. Well, I mean, first of all, I, I agree with Commissioner, I think it's Pierce. Uh, she wants, she thinks we should have a Bitcoin ETF. And based on the legal reasoning and analysis, I agree with her. So I think these other commissioners, like, I think they're just grabbing power that they shouldn't be grabbing. Um, you know, but that's my own personal sentiments. I understand why they would want to be cautious, though. You know, this is a complete mess of, a, of an industry. We've got huge amounts of just shady activity happening on exchanges throughout the world, whether it's uh, unregulated exchanges like BitMEX or Bitfinex, you know, where who knows who, what their bank accounts are and whether the money's safe there or whether anything's actually there or whether they're trading against their clients or whether they're like running the the stops or like, I mean, we don't really know what's going on on a lot of these exchanges and that's where, that's where the price discovery is happening. Well, guess what's ha gonna happen with BACT and Aris Exchange and Ledger X? Price discovery is gonna shift from those places to these more reputable, uh, and what I mean by reputable is you've got, I mean, this is C CFTC regulated, like, they have all the market surveillance. That's these are the largest capital markets in the world. Like, you know, that's they're they're now going to be offering these Bitcoin financialization products. And so if if we see price discovery move from the less regulated exchanges to these more highly regulated exchanges, and then we see the big boys come in and play and trade there, you know, that's going to have a big impact on price discovery. And so I think the window very well could be closing on retail investors being able to acquire Bitcoin at fairly low prices. Because these big these big shops, they have to acquire Bitcoin positions in order to trade the CME futures or the CBOE futures, because those are cash settled, in order to trade the fully collateralized Bitcoin options like the puts or the calls, they have to be fully cash secured or or Bitcoin secured for the for the collateral. So they have to have a position in order to trade those. Well, how do they get a position? I mean, you have to go out in the market and actually get a position. Well, guess what? They're not going to open up accounts at BitMEX or like these places because like they just they don't meet like 
they, they don't pass the compliance departments when you're dealing with institutions that have trillion dollar balance sheets. Like Bitcoin isn't even a fly on an elephant's butt in this market. I mean, it's a $110 million total market cap. Four million, four, four million of the coins are gone. So, I mean, you're looking at maybe $80 million, $80 billion actually there. But the amount that's actually saleable at any given time, and, you know, we got HODL as a last resort. So, I mean, we don't have the big players in here yet. And yet they're going to have to come in. And we're looking at, there's what, $90 trillion of fiat currency out there? I mean, Bitcoin is tiny compared to where it could go. But that's what we're going to see. We're going to see big amounts of institutional capital come into this space over the next you know, few years and, and even decade, decade and a half. Why? Because we're transitioning from a debt-based, fractional reserve, rehypothecated world to an equity-based, 100% like in your hand, strictest, hardest money that the world has ever seen. Like no matter how high the price goes, there's always enough Bitcoin for everybody. It's just a function of price. Like there's always enough, but that's price relative to the other price ratios out there. Well, guess what? Dollars are not strictly limited in amount. Apples are not strictly limited in amount. Even gold's not strictly limited in amount, even though it's hard to make more of it. But Tesla shares, you can have as many of those as you want. I mean, but Bitcoin, like those are strictly limited in amount. So we're talking about being able to take territory on the blockchain. Like there's only 21 quadrillion discrete units of this stuff. And like people are carving off that territory and becoming hodlers of last resort of it. As a result, it's totally equity based. And it's the hardest, strictest money the world has ever seen, store of value. So what happens when, when, like interest rates start going up. I mean, do you have any idea what this is going to do to emerging markets, to the budget deficit, to the trade deficits, to interest rates, to like all of this stuff is just, and the other thing is like, we have two generations of traders that have only ever seen a bull market in bonds. Like interest rates can only go so low. And if we've like, you know, hit the bottom and interest rates are going to start going up and all this is going to happen and we get start getting a bond bear market, you know, and then we get counterparty risk and we get we get failure, you know, like we get people fail, well, institutions and companies failing on being able to pay their debt and that debt starts evaporating and going poof. Like, you know, this is going to be crazy. And what, what do you want to be? You want to be in a in an equity based 100 percent reserve where you hold the private keys yourself asset because that's going to be like a little rubber ducky in the bathtub, you know? And when you pull the drain, like, yeah, the the total amount of water goes down, but you're still like floating up on the top of the bathtub. Like, or maybe more water comes into the bathtub. I mean, we don't know exactly how much debt they're gonna they're gonna pump into the system or create or or whatever. And then there's hypothecation and rehypothecation. Look at the Dole Foods case and the Procter and Gamble case, like selling the same thing multiple times. Then you got the gold in the Comex markets. Like, I mean, it is a totally fake world out there. People think that when they log into their E-Trade account that they actually have shares of Microsoft or Apple. No, probably not. You don't. Like, prove it. You know, and that's our credo. Don't trust. Verify. Like. So, you know, you can actually prove that you got your Bitcoins and then you can prove it with 100% the quantity and the quality of them in every single transaction. And there's $20 billion worth of that happening every day. So, I mean, that's what we're talking about. Like, we're going from a world of complete fantasy and illusion and just made up everything. And the amount of total debt's gone to like $257 trillion, which is way higher than it was in 2007, 2008. So the next crisis is just going to be that much larger. And we're moving to a total, like, don't trust, verify world.
Well, and, and that's what we're talking about. Like, if you're if you're being extremely greedy by saying in your safe, secure pension fund or your or your traditional brokerage account or even your bank account that's backed by FDIC and has like eight billion dollars in the insurance fund for like thirteen trillion dollars of deposits, you're being greedy. You're taking on. You're you're trying to. You've taken on risk, but you want to outsource. Basically, you want to privatize the gains and socialize the losses. Like Bitcoin is going to be absolutely brutal in both the economic effect and the technical and security aspect. Like you need to figure out how to hold your own private keys, and you need to own some Bitcoin because, like in the future, there are going to be people who own Bitcoin and people who don't. And the people who don't are going to have to like clean the toilets in order to get a few satoshis from the people that do, because the wealth transfer is going to just be absolutely massive, like the largest the world has ever seen. And so. Like, you know, now's the time to figure out how to do all this stuff. And, and I mean, like, it, it's, you know, Mises put it perfect. Like, there is no way to avoid the final crack-up boom. The capital was, was lost when it was misallocated in the first place. Now it's just a matter of assigning who gets the gains and who gets the losses. And whoever calculates correctly economically gets the profits. Whoever calculates incorrectly gets the losses. And so far, Bitcoin is just being brutal in allocating those gains and those losses to people. And the uncertainty just in this space right now, when it comes to just the economic growth of this about to be second half of 2019, it's gonna carry for the rest of the year. And institutional investor demand is expected to increase Bitcoin price. So everything that Trace is saying is gonna come exactly true. Um, and he said this over a year ago. That's how right he is. So that's why I'm saying this is their maximum bullish scenario for Bitcoin. Um, I hope it gives you a lot to think about. I hope it also gets you to act because uh, if we get priced out of purchasing Satoshis at a certain point, uh, gosh, that's really going to suck. <laughs> Seriously. Okay, with that, let's get into, that's right, coin analysis. So I'm going to talk about uh, Bitcoin here in coin analysis, and these are just going to be key metrics to be on the lookout for uh, the rest of this week. Uh, so right now, currently, we just crossed 13K. Now we're kind of hovering between the 12.95 and the 13K line. So our next resistance is going to be 14K. So be on the lookout for that. And that's going to touch the yearly highs that we had here uh, a couple few weeks ago. Um, so if we fall below this key threshold, which is 12K, between 12K to 12.350, somewhere around there, then we're we're probably going to fall back down to 11.5. And that's where we don't want to be. We want to stay above 12K. Uh, we want to stay above 12.350 if we can. And if we can stay above those lines, then we can retest those uh, yearly highs at 14K. Uh, so that's going to be here in the short term. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm paying attention to. Um, if we look at the overall coin metrics, and you know I'm a network guy, so I'm gonna totally look at this. Um, we're up 
uh, as far as Bitcoin transactions count, we're seeing uh, the same highs that we saw in April. So during the April bulls run, we saw close to uh, over 375,000 uh, Bitcoin transactions, and we're just about there at 365,000 today. Uh, so about 10,000 transactions off. Uh, transaction counts are looking really good. If we look at the active addresses, that has gone up. Uh, we're currently at, um, gosh, that's crazy, over a million at this point. So last time we were over a million, as you know, this was you know late 2017 when we crossed that threshold. Uh, so we're roughly around December 3rd, around there, last time we've been at this level. So that's another thing to look at. And finally, it's coming down to just straight up analysis, man. And if we keep seeing Bitcoin trading upwards, um, and if we look at these key dates that I mentioned in the top of this podcast, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see if we test 17k. Seriously, like if if we go into let me pull up my chart real quick. If we go, if we go into the um, Vanek Bitcoin ETF on August nineteenth, and we're at around fifteen, seventeen k. Well, we had a really great July, and at that point, if it gets denied, we'll probably fall for sure. Uh, if it gets delayed, we'll probably see a little sideways action uh, until October eighteenth when it gets, uh, you know, ha- when it happens again, when they make a decision again. Um, so there's some key dates happening in July, in August, and then for the rest of the year with institutional investors investing in. So right now, to be honest with you, I feel like this for me personally is a really good place to get into Bitcoin. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of people that are really, 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 really uh, negative Nellies right now <laughs> when it comes to purchasing Bitcoin at 12K. They, they, there's people out there that are still expecting you know, these 6K drops 5k 4k um i like to give you all both scenarios you know and I, I like to tell you you know be careful on both sides that's why i told you if we see it go below you know 12 3 12k then we're gonna fall to 11 5 we're gonna retest there and we'll probably fall back down and eventually it'll keep going down if that's what happens right but everything is looking like it's gonna go the opposite way in my opinion and if i'm a betting man i'm betting the opposite way uh, at least for right now, until we do our next podcast, and I'll let you know what I think then. But right now, to me, everything looks positive in that one direction. Could it all change? Of course it can. No one, no one's a fortune teller. But if I'm a betting man, I'm looking at all this stuff, and I'm saying, how could it go wrong? But we'll see. Tether could implode. <laughs> Seriously. We just got to be careful out there. But um, I'm becoming bullish every day, more bullish every day. Okay, with that, let's get into future predictions. That's right. Speculative token analysis. These are future predictions. All right. So uh, this future prediction is uh, dedicated to one person who uh, subscribes to us, and he really wants me to talk about Litecoin. 
and I'm going to do him a favor. I'm going to talk about Litecoin uh, just because I feel like, man, I wish we would have started this subscription, you know, long before then we would have been able to tell you when was a good time to get in and when wasn't a good time to get in. Uh, right now, I, I personally think it's not a good time to get in. Uh, and the reason being is the halvings uh, just around the corner. Like I said, it's uh, on August 6th. So um, if we look at, you know, I think I think we covered this maybe about uh, two or three weeks ago, whatever it was. If we look at it uh, previously in 2015, we saw it surge 400 percent right uh, in the month leading up to the halving. That, that was where it went from $1.70 to eight fifty, roughly somewhere around there. And then, uh, of course, FOMO sees the markets and yeah, pushed it up. Um, the same thing happened this year, but it happened a little earlier. Um, we saw it go as low as $28 in November and December, I believe it was. That's when I picked up a lot of Litecoin. I gave some away to our Telegram. <laughs> and then uh, I think it it, it, it it shot up. It was like 300%. I think that's like $120, $140, around there. I, I ended up selling mine once it got to like $95, $98, $90 around there. I ended up selling a lot of my Litecoin and uh, moving over to BTC uh, because I felt like that was a huge gain <laughs> for for what at the time was considered a, a bear market. I didn't know, okay, we're gonna push you know close to 250, um, and then we saw it go to as high as 145 dollars. So we already see it pull back, and as of today, I think we're roughly at. Uh, let me pull up my block folio, uh, 118 dollars. So. What's it looking like now? I would say there's a lot of people have already pulled out and moved it over to BTC. Um, I think you'll. I think it's very likely, and I think I said this, you know, three weeks ago when we covered it before. We'll probably see, you know, a little, a little pump between. I don't see it going any higher than 130 dollars, to be honest with you. But maybe, maybe it gets back up 245 bucks. Maybe it goes past 150. Maybe that's what happens. I personally wouldn't take that risk. Me personally buying $118 Litecoin right now and hoping it goes up, you know, that much of a percent. I think there's just so much bullishness uh, behind Bitcoin right now in these next two months that it's hard for me to allocate any kind of money towards Litecoin, in my opinion, in my opinion. Uh, but it doesn't mean I'm it doesn't mean that I'm right. Right. Uh, so that's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm focused on. But what gets me bullish for Litecoin in the future, I, I, will, I will say this. Um, when we did that Thriller Insider on Saturday, uh, it was really surprising to me that um, uh, Erisex was looking at Litecoin as another uh, cryptocurrency that they would add, you know, as a futures contract, which was surprising to me. I always thought it was going to be Ethereum, and they they all said Ethereum was the obvious choice, right? So it didn't scare me too too much. But when they mentioned Litecoin as well, I was like, whoa, didn't see that coming. So I definitely will. Me personally, I definitely will look at Litecoin once the happening has happened. If it falls back down to under $50, I, I would definitely pick some up. If it falls between $80 to $90, where a lot of us are expecting it to, just based on previous halvings where it kind of lands, uh, between the $75, $85, $90 threshold, is that where, if that's where it goes, drops back to after the halving, well, then at that point, I, I probably will just kind of dollar cost average in, right? So uh, just because I'm expecting for the next futures contract to launch. And Litecoin will probably be, you know, years away at that point, but still it's something that I would, I don't mind sitting on for quite some time, just like I'm sitting on my Ethereum right now. So um, it's about making smart choices uh, and it's about making sure that you're not taking too much risk uh, with cryptocurrencies. 
uh, as you know, this crypto market is very volatile and it's gotten better, I think, in, in my opinion, over the years. But it's still you can you can be shaken out in a moment's notice and you'll, you'll be sitting there waiting on the sidelines, carrying those heavy bags. Right. And so you don't want to do that. You want to make sure you get in at the right time. You, you get in. Uh, and you stay disciplined and you don't get in right before you don't get FOMO and you get in right before, you know, this peak. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see a little rally here at 225 $130 in the short term. And then uh, it gets dumped on and falls back to, you know, $100, $90. So we'll see. But uh, that's my future prediction on Litecoin. So I hope you enjoyed it. You know, I haven't previously said this, but um, after doing the research for today's podcast, quickly realized how important these next two months are going to be uh, in, in Bitcoin uh, for this year. Um, so depending on where this all goes and, and depending on what happens, um, this is going to be a make or break two months for Bitcoin, in my opinion. I, I would love to see it fall back down and for us to buy low, low Bitcoin. That'd be awesome. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to see it run up pretty fast and you're going to see a lot of FOMO and you're going to see a lot of people panic buy and uh, that's going to go on and we'll probably see it go down. And then before you know it, we're, we're stuck drinking our Starbucks Bitcoin drinks. <laughs> but uh, it, it's all going to be interesting. It's going to be one hell of a thrill ride. So strap on, get your seatbelts in and get some popcorn. See you guys tomorrow.